called the fake news the enemy of the people, and they are. It's a serious question. I, I appreciate your passion. I share it. I've addressed this question. I've addressed my personal feelings. And I want you all to know that we are fighting the fake news. You're listening to Just Ask the Question, adventures in reporting with your host, Brian Karam. Hi, and welcome back to Just Ask the Question. I am Brian Karam, and today we are revisiting an old friend of ours, Norm, Norm Eisen, who's going to tell us a little bit. I, I mean, you're the, the ethics guru, <laughs> the, the czar of ethics. And I, I want, I've been wanting to talk to you for a while. Uh, so to just ask the question, how much trouble is the president in ethically? Brian, thanks for having me. And God bless you on this day of all days. <laughs> thanks for doing this. I know it's tough for you. Uh, thanks for having me back, uh, Brian. And um, the answer is, you know, your job is just ask the question. And the guest's job is just answer the question. The answer is a lot. The president is in a lot of ethics trouble, legal trouble, potentially um, uh, uh, constitutional uh, and congressional trouble, criminal trouble. He's got every kind of trouble there is, and he has a lot of it. And <laughs> well, that break, let's break it down a little bit. Okay, so when this Mueller investigation began. I, I know someone who's, who's, you know, it's well known. I have a good source, but I haven't spoken to him in months because once he went in, he wasn't talking to anybody. I've known him 25 years. But before he went in, he said, look, they'd probably be looking at five people uh, Carter Page, uh, Flynn, Manafort, Jr., and Jared. Now, three of them have gone down along with a lot of other people, but Jr. and Jared are still. There's been no indictments or anything involving them. Do you see with what's going on, with what Mueller has brought out so far, do you see those two having a trouble, having a problem? Well, it's hard to understand how Junior, Donald Trump Jr. skates through this. Uh, let's look at the three main areas of exposure. Um, the Stormy Daniels matter, uh, the campaign finance, also Karen McDougal. Uh, the fraud on the American people that Michael Cohen has talked about. In some of those documents, there's a reference to executive number two. Right. And who was involved. And they don't name who executive number two is, but when Big Daddy Donald is not around, it's logical that the person they would turn to seems to be involved, have been involved, aware of, authorizing... Um, this uh, possibly allegedly illegal activity. If ex individual number two, executive number two, is Don Jr., yes. he's got exposure on this fast-moving campaign finance criminal investigation. The Cohen investigation is bad news for Don Jr. in another place, too, because, of course, one of the things Cohen pled guilty to was lying to Congress. Right. Don Jr. spoke to Congress, and there's some issues, substantial issues, about whether he was honest and forthcoming on uh, the uh, role of the Trump organization, the Trump campaign vis-a-vis -vis Russia. There's some conflicts in the testimony. So that's, uh, that's another potential area of exposure. The other, that hits campaign finance. If he was knew more about collusion than he let on, uh, that's the second area. And the third big area is obstruction of justice. And we know 
that um, uh, Don Sr. dictated a false statement to Don Jr. to put forward knowing, a public statement, but knowing that this was being examined. When you put a, a false statement out there and there's an investigation like this, that can be part of a conspiracy to obstruct justice. You're helping the president cover up the truth. So there's three areas, all three big areas of the investigation, campaign finance, collusion, conspiracy to obstruct justice, uh, where Don Jr. may or may not be exposed. Now, there's a lot of reason prosecutors don't charge. So that's, uh, that's the trouble he's in. Uh, Jared, my assessment is that Jared is probably looking at less risk now. One of the signs is uh, he's been to talk to the special prosecutor. You generally uh, don't, his lawyer is a smart and a good one, Abby Lowell, friend of mine. He wouldn't have let Jared go in there unless there were some kinds of assurances. So, um, uh, and Jared seems to have uh, kept his distance from some of this stuff. I don't know. We'll see uh, what happens with him. But I think Don Jr. has the higher risk profile. So with that all said, and with what, there was a tweet that the president came out with where he said, look, I paid my lawyer uh, and in good faith, he, he did what he was supposed to do. I'm not responsible for whatever my lawyer did. And I think you were one of the ones that tweeted out, hey, look, you know, this, this if mafia dons could use this. <laughs> and I tweeted out something similar. It, it's like you're blaming your lawyer for doing what you told him to do. The uh, legal profession is not intended to provide a, uh, a blanket uh, commit crimes for free card. Can you imagine if every criminal could say, I involve my lawyer, so it's okay. Well, I went and robbed the bank, but the lawyer helped me. It's all right. Don Sr. knew better. The president knew better. He had a sufficient awareness of the law and you, that he knew what he was doing was wrong. And there's evidence of that. The number one evidence, he hid it. Right. Uh, Not only so, did he hide it, he conspired to hide so, it. And he continued to lie about it and to cover it up. Right. So, no, I do not uh, I do not buy – Donald Trump is a very sophisticated operator, and I do not buy the argument that he had no idea uh, that it was wrong. And, and, that, and the law tracks that. You can't just use a blanket advice right. of counsel. Well, and ignorance defense. of the law isn't a defense either. So, uh, uh, right? I that mean, is correct. Advice of counsel is a defense, but I don't think it's going to end up applying here because uh, we're going to see evidence, including the cover-up, that uh, Donald Trump knew he had done wrong. And then there's so many crimes. Even if he gets off on campaign finance, he lied on his financial disclosure forms. My watchdog group crew uncovered this. We uh, got a criminal complaint, 18 U.S.C. 1001. He failed to disclose this, uh, these, uh, this loan uh, that he had to right. pay to Michael Cohen. He failed to disclose his beneficial interest in the Karen McDougal uh, settlement, which AMI, uh, the publisher of the National Enquirer, paid for. So, And there's been a criminal referral based on the Stormy Daniels part of it by OGE. I've never seen one for a sitting president. No, neither have I. First time in history. So whatever he may say about the campaign events, he has other crimes like 
false statements speeding at him. I think the president's in a lot of trouble. Hogan Gidley today on uh, on the North Lawn said, look, whatever happened during the transition and inauguration has nothing to do with this administration. So <laughs> it absolves the president of any guilt. Well, they are really scraping the bottom of the barrel now, Brian. How can the president, when his name is on every piece of paper, and as usual, it's larger than any other print. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And John uh, Hancock would be proud. The president cannot say that the presidential inaugural of Donald Trump has nothing to do with Donald J. Trump. It's absurd. Nor can he say, well, I, as he has, I was busy with other things. You can't look the other way and let this happen. And then third, there's a lot of evidence that the president and the first lady uh, must have known because they both delegated this to very close uh, former associates of theirs um, uh, who made millions of dollars off of it. So I don't believe that they didn't know what was going on. I'm not buying that. The fourth thing is the lies. With all the lies that this White House, from the president on down, even Hogan, who's a very nice fellow, I know him a little bit, but he's forced to, he's trotted out there to peddle the president's manure. And that's the, the, I hate to see a big pile of manure on the beautiful sacred lawn of the White House that way, but that's Well, there's that's a large a pile there. <laughs> there's a large pile and it's been there since the very, I maintain it's been there since the very first day when Sean Spicer showed up and told me I can't believe my eyes that th that crowd was larger than any crowd in history. You know, you've been a front row witness to these uh, to prevar prevarications, fibs, uh, lies, dirty lies, and worse. And uh, at this point, there's no credibility. So I, I agree with that. Count. I often, when I hear what uh, Sarah Sanders and all her crew say, I assume on any important subject, it's a the lie. opposite right? is right? true. You're but safer. If you assume the opposite. Now, what about the, to play devil's advocate and to give the uh, the devil or the president his due? He said, look, this is a private matter. First, he said he didn't do it. Now he says it's a private matter, that it has nothing to do with the presidency. It was a private loan and privately done. And then uh, he's also come out and said that um, basically uh, Obama had one of the largest fines in history for what he did. So why are they picking on Donald Trump? Yeah, uh, the president had, he piloted all of his defenses that he's going to use, the advice of counsel defense that we talked about that doesn't hold up the f notion that this was a private transaction and uh, the uh, idea that uh, Obama had done it before and a bunch of others. He packed it into two very crowded tweets. I wrote on CNN.com this week, I took those uh, false statements one by one, and I knocked them down. And the first one that you uh, point to, the private transaction issue, the law is that if you um, uh, secure a payoff to a mistress uh, and it's for the uh, purpose, uh, even in part, for the purpose of avoiding campaign embarrassment, for affecting... Uh, campaign issue. And there's no question from the timing of these payments uh, during right. the midst of uh, the um, uh, uh, controversy about the, uh, the grab them tape, the president's vulgar remarks that were caught on a, hot, on a hot mic, the timing very near the end of the election. Of course, these 
matters were intended to have an effect on the election as a matter of law. That is not a private matter. That is a campaign finance matter. That is a sufficient basis uh, to charge a campaign finance crime. Cohen has pleaded guilty one to one. The Southern District of New York has adopted his position that it was a crime, and a judge has accepted the guilty plea. That's no private matter. That's, that's a criminal done. offense. So that's a lie. Then he says Obama did it. Nonsense. Obama didn't secretly get third parties to pay off mistresses. What you had in the Obama campaign, you had a series of low-level clerical er errors, no indication the president was aware of it, that large legitimate campaign contributions uh, were not properly disclosed in the weeks before the election. There were bookkeeping problems. They were voluntarily disclosed afterwards. A large fine was paid. That's appropriate. Uh, but you can't compare that to what we have here in any way, shape, or form, including no intentional presidential uh, knowledge, not even knowledge, much less an effort here like the tape we have. Cohen taped Trump talking about this cover-up uh, to... Uh, uh, with the obvious intent of affecting an election. So that's apples and oranges. Of course, that comes as no surprise because by now we know it's safer to assume that when the president says something, it's untrue. I mean, he's approaching 7,000 lies. We've never seen anything like this. And that's just what he told me on the South lawn the last time he was there. That's, <laughs> I, I feel like I, I often get lied to, and, and I but I do want to play, play it straight and say, look, all right, so the, the president is do his he, he is the president of the United States he does get his say so you've got Kellyanne out chilling for him and saying look he had no knowledge of the payoff you've got Kel, you've got Sarah chilling for him you've got Hogan uh, chilling for him and they're all pushing the narrative that the president is being picked on and that the president is no different than any other president and this is not unheard of but it's the 13 angry Democrats and Mueller who are after him for reasons that God only knows, but it's not savory. So how do you hit that one, if you will? Where are these damn angry Democrats? When I look around, all I see are righteous Republicans. You start with Jeff Sessions, of course, constructively terminated, a stalwart of the Republican movement. Uh, Rod Rosenstein, I've known him for a quarter of a century, lifelong rock rib Republican. Uh, Bob Mueller, Republican, former Marine, uh, uh, Bush administration official, uh, career prosecutor, go over to the Southern District of New York where the investigation of Stormy and the campaign finance payments and the Cohen guilty pleas are in part. Uh, uh, the U.S. Attorney, Berman, lifelong Republican, uh, uh, Rob Kazemi, who's overseeing the acting U.S. attorney, overseeing the Cohen investigation. He's a Republican. He spoke at the RNC, the Republican National Convention, one year. Come on. Uh, Bob Mueller, now it is true. He's got some people on his staff who've made Democratic contributions, Republican contributions. Guess what, Brian? As a matter of law, he's not even allowed to inquire. Right. So who, know, uh, who knew when he hired? You know, he picked the best lawyers out of the uh, DOJ pool. It so happens that some have given to a Democrat. This is more obfuscation, uh, more dishonesty, more lying by the president and his enablers. Uh, you know, it makes me sad to see people like Kellyanne Conway, like Sarah Sanders, 
Their careers will never recover the stench of the manure from having to a shovel uh, that uh, for the president will never come off of them. And I hate to see it, uh, but at this point, what they say last night, Kellyanne was on uh, Chris's show, on Chris Cuomo. Chris Cuomo show, where both of us have appeared. Yeah. Uh, for Brian's listeners, you know, one of the he's a denizen of the CNN green room, like me. <laughs> uh, and uh, Cuomo demolished her. She yeah. says there's no evidence. He was able to uh, array a uh, a plethora of evidence, and we only know the tip of the iceberg. I assure you what Cohen is saying now about the president is going to be heavily corroborated. There may well be more tapes. There's going to be documents. There's other witnesses. There's cooperators inside the Trump organization they, in uh, uh, AMI and the National Enquirer operation. So they know how to build a case. And there is a tsunami of accountability and evidence that is about to wash over this White House, perhaps that will wash away some of the uh, stain. Uh, some of the stain that has been uh, lingering. It's uh, a very on that cancerous building. stain on on our executive branch. But I want to go back to what you said about Kellyanne. There are those, and I defended Chris this morning, and I, I I will continue to do it because they said you shouldn't have people like Kellyanne on. But I maintain no. that, you know, I disagree with what you say, but defend to death your right to say it. We should hear from that side, should we not? You and I, my capacity as a lawyer, I uh, worked now for 30 years. I'm celebrating my 30th anniversary as I started Mazel law tov. school. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Started law school 30 years ago this, uh, this fall. I met a... Uh, 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 another uh, uh, young man, former organizer, um, almost as good a basketball player as I, as I was. Used uh, to be. <laughs> Barack Obama used to be. Well, fortunately, our basketball sk- skills are deteriorating in tandem, Brian. <laughs> I'm with uh, you there. <laughs> uh, and uh, in, my, uh, in my 30 years of doing this, you know what, what I've I've come I started here and I believe even more strongly now in the genius of our constitution the genius of our first amendment the marketplace of ideas no you don't sh- deny a forum to a Kellyanne or a Sarah Huckabee Sanders you bring them on you let them uh, 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 be exposed in the bright sunlight Yes. That's what we're about as Americans. And I think it does more good to show that these statements are lies. Don't, you know, the president's yes. tweets, that's uh he has control of the content of his tweets. When Kellyanne goes on Cuomo's show, she's forced to answer questions. That's the way it's got to be in America. Exactly. And to deny them that only, I don't think that that's any, if you deny her the say defending the president, that's the same as another network denying the Democrats a say or denying someone else a say. Everyone should be heard. We briefly had a, uh, a uh, you know, a little vendetta with Fox News, you may remember. I do remember that. <laughs> the beginning of the Obama administration. And fortunately, uh, you know, the administration came to its senses. Yes, I was going to bring that up, but I'm glad you did. <laughs> so nobody is. Look, I get it. I've sat there in my 
White House office and read stories and thought they're so unfair, grossly unfair, right. criminally libelous even, the crazy things that people say about me and others. But that's the price of freedom. You're gonna, people are not always going to make smart choices, and you got to knock them down. Now, it's hard sometimes when you're in government. I understand I had to laugh at hard the on correspondence. Both sides. I had to laugh at the correspondence between Maureen Dowd and uh, George H. W. Bush that she just wrote about in her column, because he took great umbrage at her criticisms of him and of his son, yes. George W. Bush. But he maintained a cordial kind of teasing relationship with her. He'd give her some grief, but he maintained the conversation. That's right. what we have to do, both privately and publicly. I agree with you. The other thing that was brought up that you said and was about Cohen and, and the tapes. There are those who say, what kind of lawyer tapes his clients? I said, well, the lawyer has Donald Trump as a client. But more importantly, why and when did he begin taping him? Why did he begin taping him? Isn't that a, a little more... Yeah, I think that I think that Cohen the, saw what was coming. The kind of lawyer who tapes his clients is uh, a mob lawyer who's been used in the way the president tried to use Cohen to shift the blame. And a lawyer who's afraid he's crossed the line, he's part of a criminal enterprise, and the blame's going to be shifted to him. Tapes that's been known to happen. Um, in the mob world, and it's happened here. It's done for self-protection. You know, um, it's not the most uh, savory uh, decision, speaking myself as a lawyer. I've never taped a client against without his knowledge. Uh, you haven't had Trump as a client, have you? Uh, and I wouldn't take him as a client. <laughs> yeah, right. I had a diligence process before taking my clients. Uh, not because his... It was not his conduct that would have prevented me from taking him as a client, Brian, when I was practicing law in the private sector. It was his reputation for not paying his bills that would have gotten in the (laughs) way. And that's the American way, by God. But let me tell you something. If he tried to play these games like, you know, he wants to get me involved. Uh, I had an exchange on Twitter with uh, Ari Fleischer about this yesterday. Ari tweeted, well, uh, you know, uh, that um, these, uh, of course, hush money payments aren't going to be made public in a campaign. What? If I ever had, I've been a campaign lawyer, too. If I ever had a client, I was a campaign lawyer, and my client says, I'm going to make a, I'm going to arrange a hush money payment through a third party. I would have walked out right there. I would have said, no, you can't do it. It's illegal. And I resign. I don't want to work for the kind of person who has to make uh, hush, uh, hush money, money payments. Payment. There's no legal way to do it at that point because if it's connected to the campaign, it has to be disclosed. If it's disclosed, it's no longer hush money. So you're in a catch-22 of illegality, and you know the lawyer lawyer should not be in that situation. So uh, he was protecting himself. I I do feel some Michael Cohen behaved terribly. There's some of these tapes of him threatening journalists. Yeah, that's so sickening. I, bring it on! I would have loved if he had threatened me. Well, he, he was wiser not to mess with you. Uh, but uh, you know, journalists are pretty tough. They don't buckle under those. No. They go. They see. They do what they do. They do what they're gonna do. And uh, I don't like some of that behavior. 
But I do believe his repentance is, gen- is do you? genuine. Yeah. I might have, if it were me, uh, yes, I do, I credit it. I think it's for real. And, uh, you know, he's paying of three years in jail. That's a very heavy price to pay. Yeah, it is. Well, it'll be a country club prison, but it's still prison. And that's, there. and anybody who, having been to jail myself <laughs> in defending a First Amendment, I can tell you that it's, when you walk into a prison and you give up um, everything, including your underwear, uh, it, kind of comes home with you real quick. I want to finish with uh, where do you see us going? Where where do you see – you said at the beginning he's in a lot of trouble. Do you see impeachment? Do you see him uh, running for reelection? Do you see him resigning? I don't see that. What what do you see in, the, in his future if you read the tea leaves? Well, I definitely see more trouble. I do not believe uh, that we're um, uh, aware of even uh, – half of the evidence against him. I think when the Mueller report comes out, I see us getting a Mueller report in the coming months. I think when that comes out, uh, that's going to be devastating for him. I think it's possible that, like Nixon, there'll be uh, conspiracy charges where he's named as an unindicted co-conspirator. I think the Trump Organization and the Trump campaign are quite likely to be charged. I think close associates like Roger Stone and Stone's associate, Jerome Corsi, are going to get charged. I think Don Jr. has some exposure. We can't predict because we know it would be dishonest to you and to your I, and I listeners. You. Now they're my listeners since you <laughs> had kind enough to have me on uh, twice on the pod. Um, until we see the rest of that evidence, it's going to be very hard to predict how our system, our legal system, our congressional system is going to assimilate that evidence. But I'll tell you this, it ain't going to get better. I agree. I'll finish with this. When when it came out, I guess it was two weeks ago, that um, that the stuff with Russia, the Trump hotel stuff – continued when he was a candidate. To me, that was the laying, he was laying the foundation. This was the opening act. This isn't the end. This was the beginning. He's laying the foundation for letting you know that Donald Trump is now center stage and everything is going towards him. No doubt. That was the day. That was the day that will be looked back on as a pivot point. So I hope you'll have me back on to talk I, about more developments because they're coming sure as shooting. Anytime you want, Norma. It's always a pleasure, and I thank you for being here today. This is uh, Just Ask the Question. I am Brian Karam, and thanks for joining us. We'll see you soon. <laughs>